Well, okay. Every time. Welcome to the Mid Boys Podcast premiere, actually. The one podcast where you get the best content from the most mid of people. Or we're your host, Father D. I'm Oscar over here. What do what is it about, you know, movies and TVs that we like? Uh, what makes it what draws us to them? Um you can give your your take. Well, I would say, first of all, that movies and TV offer an escape towards our shitty world. A great example of art, such as Breaking Bad, can really just show us a different a different viewpoint for for us. And it's just very interesting to see a character and really study on that character and be able to find parallels between his world and our world. And yeah, it's too complex of a question, honestly. So for me, it's just really like, you know, I like seeing shit that's not real. The things we visualize in our head, seeing it in real life is kind of, or at least on the screen is really cool. Or the the limitless of, of what people can create is always, when it's good TV in movies, I think it's really cool. Yeah, um, exactly. You got to have your Morbius and your Moonfall, you know. But, but even those movies are at least a little bit entertaining because I think the most the most bad type of media is the boring kind and the mid kind. I think we're at a time where people or not people, but audience members just don't really hold themselves to a higher standard for movies or when they do hold themselves to a standard, it's never really like a good one. Yeah. You know, for me, the haunted mansion, this new remake, I just don't, I was disappointed with the way it looks. Wait, is there even a trailer for it yet? Uh, there is. Okay, um, I haven't seen it yet. But from the poster, I mean, it just looks like a cash grab. It really does. And me me and my roommate, we were talking about it, and it, it was cool. But, like, when you look at the original Haunted Mansion, it's like, even though it's audiences, families, and kids, it doesn't, it barely feels like that. It just feels like it's a movie, and it does exactly what a movie should make you do. It makes you excited, scared, and and laugh. You know, you get some goofs in there. Yeah, it's one of those movies that just like is the staple of of like movie, like what a movie is supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. There's not a lot of movies like that anymore. We just get Godzilla movies now. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I saw that you gave that shit a one star. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> well, isn't. Isn't our, our fucking Walter White, isn't he in it? You forget he's in that movie. <laughs> <every time. laughs> and yeah, he's in that shit, like the first 20, 15 minutes of it. And Jesus. I love, I liked him, but I, I was like, why did he, maybe he thought Godzilla, and I mean, I guess it was exciting when it came out, but maybe he thought it was going to be more than what it turned out to be. Yeah. And I mean, it just doesn't hold up today. You know what? We'll save it for another time because I would do want to. One day I do want to go through the other one, like all the remakes of the Godzilla shit. Jesus. So, yeah, I'm sure it'll get worse. But um, for now, let's talk about let's talk about the golden age of TV. A lot of people like The Sopranos. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people liked like Mad Men and all these shows. Also, The Wire. I was hearing. The Wire. I, I was like, the, I don't know. I haven't seen that show yet. I guess that show's pretty good, but I still haven't watched it. Exactly. It's like, I wouldn't know yet. I'm sure it's a great show. I'm sure. 
I'm but sure. It's I don't no think Breaking it's, Bad. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was about to say. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's no Breaking Bad. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about Breaking Bad and some few small things before we jump back, jump into the the episode and start breaking it down. We'll give a quick. We'll give a summary of the scenes. Uh, give our thoughts on them. They were uh, me and Oscar are both lovely smokers. We love to smoke weed, so there will be some of that, mm-hmm. um, which may impact the way this podcast podcast goes. Who knows? We'll see. And we'll just kind of give our takes, and we'll have a at the end of this. I get. I wouldn't call it a spoiler section, but more of a veteran section. Mm-hmm. kind of dive deeper into some of the themes or into some of the foreshadowing of some of the things that happened throughout the series. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to hear that, then please exit before we'll give a warning before that happens. But that's just in case you, I guess if you're someone who hasn't seen the show, then, you know, just know you'll be warned ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But um, do you have anything to add before we get started? No, I'm just fucking excited. Let's go then. Let's get it. All right. So we have the first scene, and the opening the opening scene is basically we see some pants flying down into the frame of this uh, of this desert. It's set, it's set in ABQ, New Mexico, and we see the main character Walter White uh, driving this RV frantically through the through the desert. And he's one thing that's of noteworthy is he's not wearing any pants or shirt. He's just in his underwear and he has a gas mask on. We see that he has a, a guy also in a gas mask in the passenger seat. And we also see that there's all this shit in the back of the RV that's like smashed. There's liquid everywhere and there's two bodies. I guess he kind of crashes the car and or the RV and gets out, makes a confessional where he talks to the police, like saying, I forget what I forgot what he said here to be honest, but he makes a confessional and then he uh, makes a, a video to his parents on this or his family. I'm already high to his family on the recording. And then the scene ends with him standing in the road, pointing a gun at sirens coming his way. What are your thoughts about this opening scene? Well, I just, I keep on thinking about it and I'm just like trying to understand like the very first shot in the show is some pants flying and I just, I don't know. I don't know what that's supposed to represent. It, it's very visual, and it really sets the tone, I think, for the, the show. It's more than what words can describe. But I, other than that, I think it's just interesting that he really was accepting death right there in that moment. Whenever he was giving that confessional, like he knew that something was about to go down. And I just love the way that before the title sequence starts, that it just shows the gun and we don't know what's going to happen. And we're already hooked. It's only been like a couple minutes and it's already like hooking us. Just, Honestly, it's, it's so fucking yeah, good. Exactly. I think uh, one of my favorite bits about this i think when i watched this for the first time it was like i felt like it it was so goofy that like i think when i watched it for the first time i wasn't invested in drama type shows but i think the simple fact of this guy pointing a gun while wearing his underwear i was like okay this is pretty interesting like i don't know what this is but you know yeah like it's i i kind of want to see what happens you know It, it immediately hooks you you know, almost like drugs. It immediately hooks you. Like, mm-hmm. hey, someone say like weed, you know, like at first hit. I mean, meth. I mean, I wouldn't know with oh. meth, but 
I have a story that I can save after this about a meth hit, but we'll get there. Something about this title sequence is that it actually shows like the the formula for meth, like uh, from on the periodic table, like the C10, hydrogen, nitrogen, like shit like that. Oh, like shit. Flash on the screen, and that's actually the formula for meth, which is actually that's pretty cool. I think there's just no words to describe the amount of details they put into each thing. Exactly, like, everything is intentional. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Following the title sequence, uh, we thought we are taken up to like three weeks earlier. And Walt wakes up at like five in the morning and he wakes up and starts exercising while looking at a plaque for uh, the Nobel Prize and not just any Nobel Prize, but this was a Nobel Prize in Christology and it was Mm -hmm. from like 1985. So it was from a long time ago. It was like 20 to 30 years ago. Like this isn't recent. And you can tell by the way that he's looking at it. He's just like, well, like pathetically trying to work out on that stairmaster whatever the fuck that was you, you can just tell that he doesn't he doesn't like his life we already can see the colors of the actual like scene are very gray very dark and just very depressing all of this is on his birthday as we we're about to find out he's and not an any old birthday like literally his 50th birthday i always imagine myself when i'm 50 like i feel like i'm gonna be at top tier peak when i'm when i'm 50 I I feel like that too. Yeah. So it's like to see, you know, this character who's already at that age and still feeling like they haven't accomplished anything in life, I think is really daunting. It's Um, honestly pretty fucking scary. It really is. What if like we end up like that shit, like just looking back at our past fucking achievements and just like wondering what if, well, we saw what we're going to about to see what um, Walter's current life is. We get the breakfast scene where we meet Skylar Walt Jr. Uh, and we learn a couple of things about the Walter White family or the White family. And uh, uh, they don't, one, that they don't have a lot of money. They're not poor, but they definitely don't have enough money to have a proper water heater. And, yeah, they're not on a budget, but yeah. they're not like lower class or anything. They're, they're just like, I'd say like an average family in America. Yeah, it's pretty like average. Every, every family, the every every regular day family, you would ex- I think you would expect to see. Yeah, and so it, it's Walt's fiftieth birthday via the the bacon on the breakfast, which I guess I mean I, I I feel like I don't know. I feel like it is a little bit much to do that, like to put to make the bacon into a fifty. But I you think know, the cherry on top is that it's fucking uh, turkey bacon. It's not even good bacon. Like it's not even good bacon. The like, audacity. Really? This is like we should take a hit every time Skylar is gonna be kind of a bitch. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna do that for myself. Like I respect women, but come on now, Skylar. I'm sorry. Yeah, like shit. That's how we're gonna. That's how we're gonna do this for now. At least season one. At, at least. At least. Um, yeah. So here we also learn that Walt Jr. is, um, he's very adamant about getting a proper water heater and about breakfast. Uh, throughout the, I think we'll come to learn a lot about how Walt takes breakfast, Walt Jr. does breakfast, but yes. here we kind of learn, we just get the basics of what this family is like as they get ready for school. We cut to the next scene of Walt and Jr. where they go to school. I don't really have a lot for this one. Did you have any thoughts about this scene? 
No, it kind of just shows like what they are and like how they're how they function. They just like I said, just the normal everyday family. Yeah. Besides the fact that uh, he has cerebral palsy, uh, Walt Junior. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that they don't really like shove it down our face. Like they're not like trying to be performative of it. Like look at us. Like we have like a disabled person uh, acting. Like they kind of just like move on from it. And we can see like whenever they pull up on the, like the school, like Walt even like leaves him like after like saying like you good, and he says like yeah I'm good. Like it, it's this isn't something new. Like it, it, he's been living with this for a very long time, and I just I just like that. Walt doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Basically, really is good. what I took from it. But um, moving forward, Walt yeah, we'll blame that on the bacon. We'll blame that on the turkey bacon. Yeah, we'll blame. The, yeah, the turkey bacon honestly fucked up the rest of the day. Exactly. So Who knows? There would have been a show if there was just regular fucking bacon. Man. Just I want I wish there was there has to be like someone who made an edit where it's like we see the turkey bacon and that's the premise of the entire show. It pisses Waltz off so much that he goes to cook meth <laughs> and goes down this hole. He doesn't know drug gang. <laughs> Man. That's a I'd watch that show. That's I'd what I'm saying. Show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Walt is teaching chemistry and high school. And he's talking about, uh, I think he's, honestly, he looks like a pretty interesting chemistry teacher. I never yeah. took chemistry, but anytime there's a Bunsen burner on and they're doing shit with it, I'm invested. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I think like he does that. a good job of, like, trying to get the kids engaged and, like, trying to get them um, interested in chemistry. Because I think even he knows that chemistry is kind of a boring subject and that not everyone is into chemistry like that. Exactly. But, but it's cool. Yeah, so Chad is, um, while Walt is giving this fire demonstration, Chad is in too busy spitting some game to some random teenage woman, young girl. Mm -hmm. And uh, Walt just asks him to move his seat, but Chad gives Walt a hard time and, like, scrapes his chair against the floor, which to me... So unnecessary. It's not even just that it's unnecessary. It's like... At that point, if I was another student, I would be like, dog, okay, don't respect the teacher, but you're like, hurting everybody's ears with this. Like, yeah, like, you think you're doing something, bro. Like, what, what the fuck are you trying to prove? He's just an actual asshole for no reason. Like, yeah. Actual jerk. Yeah, but, but Walter doesn't say anything. He just lets no. him pass. He's just like, nah, I don't give a fuck. And then we uh, cut to the, the next scene. with the. Okay. We learned that he... he just like a lot of teachers, he needs two jobs uh, to be able to support his family. So he works at a car wash. And where we get met with uh, another funny character. What's his name? I always say it wrong. I've been saying eyebrows for so long that I kind of <laughs> forgot. Well, yeah. Let's just refer to him as eyebrows. Good enough. Yeah. Eyebrows. Yeah, so this is a typical scene that I feel like we've all been there if you've worked in the service industry, but he Walt is working the register and eyebrows needs Walt to wipe down cars because he's shorthanded. Mm -hmm. And uh, Walt is like trying to debate with him about it, but he really doesn't have a choice. So we see Walt wiping down a car and sure enough, this car belongs to fucking Chad. Uh, and Another. Chad. Just, 
Yeah, it's just a humiliation for Walt, unfortunately, because now he's having to wipe down this kid's car, uh, you know, after being fucking, I guess, I wouldn't even say he was demasculated mm-hmm. or whatever in the prior scene, but... I mean, he... Yeah. Yeah. At least in this scene, he definitely is, because he's literally on his hands and knees. Literally. Lit- like, literally on his hands and knees, scrubbing the fucking tire. Which is not even his fucking job. Highbrows makes him do it because he's shorthanded, because he's a shitty boss, and he doesn't have enough fucking people to do it. But yeah, Walt doesn't even complain. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I don't. Maybe this wasn't even intentional, but he's on the Stairmaster at the beginning of this episode, right? Yeah. So to me, that that's like... I feel like his knees and his back can't be that good. Yeah. Just because that shit, that was already a shitty Stairmaster anyway. That's like barely doing anything. Like literally, like barely moving. Yeah, so it's like he's probably already, uh, his body is probably already pretty weak. Yeah. So it's like that's, that, it's just so much happening for Walt. Poor Walt, you know? Poor Walt. That's so. It. They further throw us into Walt's despair uh, in the car ride home because he has this glove box and it just won't close. I'm, I've never had a car, so I don't know the relation, if this is true or not, but... I think it's happened to me one or two times that, like, it just won't close. I, not specifically the glove box, but just any compartment in the car. And it usually happens whenever you, you have a shitty day. So it's very accurate for this, in this show. Like, it's just like the cherry on top of after... But so he, you would think that's the cherry on top. Like, he, he thinks that, like, fuck. Like, how else can my day go even worse? Yeah. And then he goes home. You would think, like, it's like, how, how much worse can my day get when I'm almost home? I'm about to go home. So then it's like, because here's how it gets worse. You open the door, and there's a whole surprise party going on for you. Because I bet you, I feel like Walt forgot it was even his birthday. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, if they didn't say anything, like, about it, it being his birthday, it would literally just be, at least to the audience, just like a regular day in, his, in this man's life. So he even, he, even he probably forgot himself that, oh, shit, like, I'm, I'm literally about to be fit, or I am 50 today. That's so sad. Like, I, I look forward to my birthday, so I'm like, I don't... Exactly. I, don't and, I mean, it's a... The, I think one of the biggest birthdays in your life, like fifty. Probably, yeah. Fifty's a big. You're like halfway there, so it's yeah, it's like shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we we see the the look on his face, and I think he's just really not happy with being there or with this surprise party. But either way, we uh we meet a couple of other people for the first time. We meet Marie, who is um who's Skylar's sister, and we yeah. meet Carmen. Um, mm-hmm. they both meet each other in the scene actually mm-hmm. which is pretty cool I guess if you didn't, yeah, know, you didn't get you on the first watch because I didn't uh-huh. but I thought that was kind of cool that Carmen is only just now being introduced to the rest of the family Yeah, um, considering how involved she is in later uh, parts of the series yeah here we also learn a little bit about Marie where I wrote down that she's just not afraid to be like cold honest Let's see. I mean, outside of that, we we meet Hank here, and he's Hank is just stealing the entire show. He's showing off his gun to to everybody who will watch. You know, he flicks the fucking bullet out of it, catches the bullet out of the air like a fucking like as you would expect. Exactly how you imagine someone like doing that—a douche with a gun—is literally he, Hank. 
he literally um, just wanted to be a cowboy. Yeah. Like the the cop, the typical cop. You have that typical cop mentality. I remember I did hear on the Insider podcast. I, uh, they said like when you want to make an antihero, you know, you just have to surround them with people that are bigger assholes than them. Mm-hmm. And I think he did a really good job with having with the way they designed Hank here. Because you yeah. instantly dislike Hank in this one scene. Mm-hmm. So he's showing off the gun and Walt, he lets Walt Jr. hold the gun while he continues to just demean Walt by making fun of his, his intelligence, but also on in the birthday. same breath. Yeah, mind you, on his birthday. In his house. In his house, drinking his beer. You know, like, it's so, it's so funny. It's so funny. Ugh. You gotta love Hank. You gotta love Hank. You, you really do. And then he gets interrupted. He, uh, after the toast on the TV, it, it cuts to a, a report from earlier in the day where Hank uh, and his crew, I guess, did a drug bust of meth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hank's in the DEA, if that wasn't clear already. And so this is what piques Walt's interest. Uh, he sees that they they collect like 700K. Mm-hmm. around there and this intrigues walt because he leans over and asks hank how much money is it and, or if that's a lot and hank's like oh, that's no big deal and offers to take walt on a ride along one day to get some excitement in his life mm-hmm. but the thing i wanted to say about this scene or that was in the deleted scenes on the on the box set that i watched was it shows hank arriving and the thing i didn't notice immediately was that everybody in that room at least a good majority of the guys in that room are from the DEA office. Yeah. And and so in the deleted scene, the way they show up is they show up sirens blaring, like so loud to the surprise party, like in black fucking big ass SUV trucks. Hank comes out in, in those horrible sunglasses, you know, being like Hank to a thousand. Yeah. So like if what was actually there, that like he would have known. Like in <laughs> and I was like, I was wondering, I was like, why did they take the scene out? But I was like, I guess it makes sense because if you had that scene plus this one, it would be too much of us establishing that Hank's kind of, he's in the spotlight. Yeah. You know? I think it would have been too apparent. I think, yeah, yeah I think the, just the one shot of Walt by himself on at the counter while everyone else is gathered around the TV just really shows how Hank really takes... He really steals like the the environment that he's in, and he makes it his own, and he makes it that like I'm it's star for the party. Yeah, he's the life. It's the death of the party, <laughs> man. So then we cut to the hand job scene. Uh, do you want to talk about this one? Uh, no, you. God damn it. Okay, so basically, Walt just you know. Satan is having a ball with this with this poor soul because right as Walt's trying to lay down and go to bed, Skylar thinks it's great to take her monster-sized hand and without warning, just starts touching Walt's dick trying to give him a hand job without even asking. This, this is my problem with this scene. You don't just do a hand job on somebody without prepping the man first. You have to at least make sure he's ready for this type of thing, right? Like... She just reaches in and just starts going in while looking at an auction or doing an auction. She's trying to sell, win a, a, a bidding or whatever. And at and, the same time, try to talk about his day. Like, how was your day? Yeah. And the thing that's 
that's even more interesting about this conversation is that when, the first time I watched it, I wasn't paying attention to the conversation they were having. I was just more entertained that she was giving him this really pitiful hand job. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the conversation that they're having, I think, is cements even further into the the relationship that they have and and uh, and the, in the life that Walt lives. Um, he's they're basically talking about Skylar wants him to paint the nursery and Walt's been saying he's going to do it. He's going to do it, but he's hasn't gotten around to it. And he wanted to go to this museum or whatever, this museum, I guess, because they wanted to see this Mars rover. And but she has to paint the uh, the nursery and she kind of like badgers him about it. And so he gives in and says, OK, fine, I'll paint it all while trying to give him a hand job. Mm-hmm. And so when he's not hard, she's like, what's going on down there? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's like, it's almost like you're nagging me to paint the nursery, you know, like my, and making me put off plans of something that I actually want to do. Yeah. You know? So I think there's two parts to that scene where it's like on the first watch, you don't notice the argument that they're, or the discussion that they're having and how it affects the way Walt navigates those conversations. Mm-hmm. Cause he doesn't really argue his point. He just, makes the statement that he wanted to go do something, but he never like defends like, okay, let me go do this. And then I'll go paint. He kind of yeah. like gives into the argument. Yeah. Um, and so after that, you know, she kind of forces him to fall to, to take the hand job and she luck. I guess she wins her bidding thingy because she's all happy about it, mm-hmm. you know? And we end that scene and we just try to forget that that's, that 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 happened and that was his birthday yeah that was and we're on to the next day yeah happy fucking 50th birthday you get blue balls in you know i would (laughs) call hank and be like hey let me see that gun real quick like yeah yeah, like at that point ah just takes the gun and and ends it all but uh now we cut to the we cut to the scene back at walt back at the car wash and he's doing some work and then he suddenly collapses after seeing this woman and this car. At first, I wanted to talk about this scene, but after listening to the commentary on this particular scene, I don't really have any thoughts about it other than Walt passing out. The woman in the green dress, I don't really think means anything. Yeah. Um, they talked about it and he just, he only talked about who the actor was. He was, apparently, the only thing that's interesting is do you do you think this woman's attractive? I mean, you. I don't know. Is she is she an attractive woman? Would you say objectively? I mean, to someone like Wall, I would say yeah. Right. She. The funny thing about this is, that's a seventeen-year-old actor. Jesus. Right. Like. So why would they use a seventeen-year-old if they're depicting her like that? I don't know. I, I forgot what it was they were saying on there, but he, I remember writing that down. He was like, yeah, he was saying, oh yeah, that actor 17. Um, and I think she was a PA or something like that or whatever. I don't know. But <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah. I was like, oh, that I was like, okay, so maybe this probably doesn't mean more than what we're, what people have thought in the past, whether yeah. it's like a foreshadow or whatever. I thought, yeah, it was because common. I don't even think, yeah, I don't think, well, actually I'll save it for the, the last part. Okay. Before I get into it, how it relates to later on. But anyways, we'll move on from so, that. 
Then Wall is we cut to Wall being taken to a hospital, uh, and in the ambulance there, he's trying to get uh, taken out of it. He doesn't want to be taken to the hospital and wants to be dropped off on the side of the road, but the EMT is like, no can do, and is checking his lungs and shit, and asks Wall the most, the question none of us really ever want to hear. And he says, have you ever smoked cigarettes? Yes. And, and that immediately cuts to this upside down shot of Walt in a CAT scan, uh, getting a CAT scan. And yeah. the look on his face says it all. We don't even need the next scene to know what's about to happen after seeing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like how it's like upside down, like to show that like, yeah. like literally his world is turning upside down. Like it's just like a cool little shot to do that. So after that, we cut to a zoned out Walt who watches a doctor talk and we don't know what the doctor's saying. It's just all like buzzes and, and fade. He's just probably giving a bunch of medical terms and basically just saying like, yeah, you're fucked. And like, yeah. you're fucked. And so basically Walt has cancer. He has inoperable lung cancer and he doesn't have long to live either. Like, like he, even though Walt's zoned out, he's staring at this mustard stain on the dock. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but he's paying attention. And I want to say, I want to say the way, if this is, I mean, I know this could be a normal way someone reacts to like getting this news, but it, I feel like this could be a foreshadowing to like how he, how he, his mind works. Yeah. Like, and I want to say like, cause he's, he's coherent to what the doctor's saying, but he's not there. Yeah. Right. So if you can if you can get what I'm saying without get what I'm without me saying it, then I'm like, yeah. he's already out of it. Mm -hmm. um, so after that, he comes home and Skylar gives him shit for using this credit card to buy staples, and even I though it's like fifteen dollars, yeah, it was like a fifteen dollar purchase, right? And I'm like, I I just don't like he he's just getting shit to be given shit and. Skylar is just, I mean, I guess this is just shit married people would probably go through. So, you know, I guess, but it, it was just one of those things. I was like, okay, you're literally just getting in his ass for no reason. And yeah. he doesn't tell her he has cancer. Uh, so he doesn't say anything to her about what his day was like. He just kind of apologizes uh, about the credit card, barely. So moving on from that, uh, Walt is back at the car wash where Eyebrows needs him to wipe down cars again, but this is it for Walt. This is the this is the tipping point. He yeah. he was at the beginning of the scene. He was staring off out like into space, you know, just thinking. And so it's like at this point, Walt loses it. He yells at Eyebrows. He destroys the display, and uh and and gives one of the best lines of one of the best lines of the show of the episode and he says fuck you and your eyebrows exactly and i i love that i love that so much actually thinking about it i think walt does go through the five stages of grief in this episode because with the when he first hears it i mean he doesn't really deny it but he's not like fully aware of like what's happening with the with the doctor and then the second stage of anger like we're literally being shown that with uh, him losing it, fucking throwing a tantrum. And then, yeah, you know the five stages. 
of yeah. the grief. Do you, I was do honestly you? hoping you would keep going. I'm like, I honestly don't really know. Okay, well, the five stages of grief are um, the first stage is a deniability. Like, you're just like in complete shock that you can't believe it. And then anger is the second stage. The third one is depression. The fourth one is uh, bargaining. No, 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 no. My bad. The third one is bargaining. Then the fourth one is depression. And then the fifth one is accepting. And I feel like right now we're at um, anger. And yeah, we're about to see in this next scene when we talk about it, that he's about to, just, uh, he goes on that ride along with uh, Hank. And that is kind of like, I would say a little bit of bargaining with his like life oh, to yeah. like say like if i do this then maybe like i'll actually do something with my life yeah yeah i mean that and i mean the scene following that too i would say i mean it's direct bargaining I think, yeah i'd say but that's pretty good I like that. yeah so i actually yeah just like hearing hearing about the anger like the, that just makes sense yeah okay so yeah but we'll uh, see we'll see we'll see following the 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 eyebrow scene wall quits and the next morning instead of like doing his normal routine he's sitting by the pool uh burning matches and just kind of watching them go out before tossing the burnt match into the pool yeah this pool takes a lot of beatings i will say thinking yeah. back throughout the whole show <laughs> it just gets thrown into this pool for no reason it's so funny i didn't even think about that till now I know, and then like especially at the the very end, like not to get spoiled, but at the very end, how the pool ends up. Yeah. So, uh, this is one of my favorite scenes. No, yeah, 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 that's one of this one is with the him lighting the the match because it's just very quiet. It's very early in the morning. You can tell that this man is going through it, and he's just watching these matches. He's just lighting matches, letting it ignite, and then just letting it burn all the way, and then. It disappeared, and he just keeps on doing that. And he, it really just makes him like, if you think about a flame, it just like ignites and then it dies. That's what us humans do, you know. And he's probably looking at that in the context of his of his own life, is that how, how he started with like the ignition of like getting the awards, the recognition, and everything, as we saw in the beginning of the episode with the awards. So then to see that like now he's going towards that burning like. He's after being told with the cancer, he literally only has like two years left of his life. So he's literally the flame is really close to his finger. It's about to ignite. So he has to do something about it. And all of this is being shown visually. Like no no words are being said in the scene and all of this is being conveyed through visuals. And it's just amazing. One of probably my favorite scene of the episode, honestly. It's a really good, it's really good. Um, I remember listening to the commentary and they were saying how, uh, what was it? I didn't write it. I don't know if I wrote it down. Fuck. But basically, I think they did this all in one shot. Yeah, they did it all in one shot. Mm -hmm. um, and it was all natural lighting. So yeah, no, it was... Oh, yeah. yeah. I like it looked that. like, I like 5, 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. Fucking tired as fuck. Just like reminiscing. Yeah. And it's very good all in his face. He said he just he went out there and he did it and they got it and it was pretty it was great it was it was yeah. honestly what they needed exactly what they were looking for so uh, that scene's really good uh, and that scene ends with Walt deciding to call Hank and taking him up on the ride along yeah so then we cut to the next scene which I have another fun fact is this was the first scene they shot 
of the entire series. The one with Gomi and 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 every Hank and, and Walt. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, they said that this was the first scene that they shot of the day, mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of cool because that I I thought it was interesting to know which shots like, and then the scene after this is or well, I'll get there, but. No, yeah, and I was yeah. also gonna say with the interview with the actor who played Dean back in like uh, 2013, mm-hmm. he said that um, during this uh, original pilot uh, script that he, Hank was like a lot more racist towards uh, uh, Gomez. Yeah. He had like he was like making like Middle Eastern like references, even though he's fucking Mexican. So he's just a lot more of an asshole. But mm-hmm. that was interesting. That's that's just funny to think about. Yeah. Uh, so they're sitting here in the DEA car and they're scoping out the house. They don't know what their uh, suspect looks like, but they know that he goes by Captain Cook. Mm-hmm. And with this information, Hank and Gomi are are basically making a bet on whether the perp is Mexican is a is a white boy or a Mexican, right? Uh, or he, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Hank thinks he's a Mexican. No, no, no. Yeah, I forgot yeah, who yeah. it was. Hank I, one of them. Think he thinks he's south of the border, mm-hmm. uh, and and Gomi thinks he's a white boy because they debate on the name Captain Cook or whatever. And so the, as they're waiting, you know, Walt's in the back, and one of the things that uh, Gilligan pointed out was how Walt's wearing a white vest, and how Hank and Gomi are wearing a dark vest, and mm-hmm. you know, he does have a thing with colors, but like here, he's just kind of like pointing out uh, just how out of place Walt is in the environment and so this truck or this school bus rolls by and he said they couldn't afford to get kids on the school bus which was pretty funny mm-hmm. so this empty school bus rolls by and then this dea truck rolls by or uh which was driven with some real dea agents in the car mm-hmm. uh the person that drove it was a real dea agent and they do the bus they bust open the um the door where where someone's cooking meth mm-hmm. uh and it's all it's all a mess in this house, and they use this blast door, this blast shotgun or breach shotgun is mm-hmm. it's specifically for breaching things. Uh, and they bust open the door, and dude doesn't even know what's going on because he has earbuds on. So when he hears the breach, he freaks out, and they take him down. And the first thing Gomi and, and Hank find out or want to find out is if the dude is Mexican or white. And they tell him the dude's name is Emilio Koyama. Mm-hmm. And so it's like Hank technically wins because he says it's half a beaner, and I'm like, this is just kidding. <laughs> this is just getting worse. You know, I'm, like I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love when they do that, though. I, so, I, mm-hmm. uh, with the with the actor, how he was supposed to be originally like Mexican, but then like the actor who played him was uh, Japanese. So then, like that was the reason why they had that like joke. Yeah, in the first place. That's just funny. I think that shit's so cool too, because they were saying even on the commentary too. He was like, "Yeah, he was the best one." So mm-hmm. you know, what can you do when you got when it, the best one is that is who it is, and that's who they are. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it was cool. Uh, so Walt asks if he can go in to see the lab, and uh, Hank and them say sh- they say sure, but they have to make sure it's safe first. And so they get out of the car, and while Walt. While Walt is waiting, that's the worst tongue twister ever. 
someone like the window of the door near of uh, the the window from the upstairs neighbor opens up and we see freaking uh Aaron Paul Jesse Pinkman come out of the 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 uh window he falls off the roof and this woman and her tits are out and all this crazy shit you know like just the craziest things you could imagine yeah and Walt sees this and he freaks out but he's all quiet about it and uh Jesse gets in his car and drives off and we see that his license plate says Captain Cook so this is the first time Walt and Jesse see each other in the show and I think yeah. it's kind of funny uh, first time yeah Brian Cranston he didn't know Walt Jesse was gonna fall off the roof mm-hmm. so his reaction there was real like genuine like oh shit like what the fuck are you doing yeah there's like a there's a quick cut from when he falls to seeing Walt's face and the, I think the, they cut basically the little jump he makes yeah um, but that's that was a real reaction and I thought that was pretty cool yeah I love when that shit happens when it's real reactions love that and so following that we cut to later that night and uh, this is when they say that this was the last shot they did of the day uh, or this scene was the last one of the day they, they were did. So uh-huh. it's kind of cool that they had both the beginning and the final scene kind of back to back. Yeah. And so we cut to Jesse hiding his car and Walt shows up and we learn a little bit about their relationship prior. And we learn that Jesse was a student of Walt's back in high school. Mm-hmm. And Walt is surprised that Jesse's a meth cook or a meth dealer or whatever. And Jesse is just saying that Jesse says that it's easy money, but Walt proposes to Jesse here that they become partners. We get the the infamous line. Emilio is going to prison. The DEA took all your money, your lab. You got nothing. Square one. But you know the business. And I know the chemistry. Uh, they Jesse's a little skeptical, a little reluctant. As I think, as he should be. Yeah, I was about to say, like, just like as anyone should, because like, bro, my teacher's and a cook math with me. Like, that's some hard like shit. It. Yeah, that's some hard cash shit. Especially seeing he was just with the DEA. If I was Jesse, I would have been freaked out. I exactly. honestly don't get why he didn't try to murder Walt in that moment. Exactly, because he was right in the with the DEA, like the first time he saw him. Yeah, and that's there's a lot of things that just Walt gets very lucky that it's Jesse that he finds, considering Walt enters this dude's like parking drive his driveway. Yeah, like the, you, you, there were DEA agents after this guy, and you're just gonna show up to his house yeah, exactly. thinking that your past relationship is gonna keep you alive. That's crazy. Yeah, they make this deal or this proposal. Jesse doesn't really have a choice in the matter. Because Walt threatens to turn him in. Yeah. So the start of their relationship already is based on a uh, an ultimatum. Yeah. And we all know that none of those relationships ever work out. So it's yeah, a it, relationship that Walt is building with Jesse, with his partner. Yeah. And it's it really like uh, foreshadows the rest of the series of how Walt and Jesse function in their relationship and how it's mostly Walt saying you have to do this or something else will happen so they jesse agrees and their partnership begins 
So the next day, Skylar and Marie are packing up some antiques and they're just discussing Skylar's writing career. I don't really have much to say considering this writing career she has literally goes nowhere in the rest of the show. Yeah. I could develop it, but then they were, they chose not to. It's like, nah. Yeah, okay. But then we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. So Walt steals from his chemistry class. Yeah. Uh, which I guess is the first mistake he could have made. He makes a lot of mistakes throughout the series, but I feel like this is one of the... This is also up there with going directly to the, the suspect's house. Yeah. But he goes and steals equipment from his chemistry lab, and then he meets back up with Jesse to show off the gear. Uh, Jesse's unimpressed for the most part with, like, what is what is technically what. Um, yeah. He just, like, he knows what he uses to cook with, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing I really like about the scene is that it establishes how their dynamic is, where it really will be Walt knows the chemistry side and Jesse knows the business side. Exactly. Um, and so we learn that uh, Walt really doesn't know anything and that uh, they discuss where they're going to cook and Jesse comes up with the idea of using an RV. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that's pretty much the gist of that conversa- of that scene. Mm-hmm. They, they just establish where to cook and that they have equipment. Um, and Walt establishes that they'll make pure, they'll make chemically pure meth, uh, no chili pea, you know? Yeah. So that's unfortunate for Jesse, but at least it'll be pretty, at least it'll be top tier meth. I feel like that's what's more important. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut to Walt leaving his credit union with all of his savings, which is about $7,000. And Jesse takes the money. And this was the scene. This is, I would say, the scene of the show, the pivotal point where we go from a man with cancer to a man with a plan. Yeah. And here, because here, Jesse asks him, like, why is he really doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if there's something he needs to know. But Walt just tells him that, you know, he says, I am awake. And uh, yeah, that's fine in the show. Probably the best line in the show, yeah. I, I am awake. It's so simple, but it really just... I don't want to say that's the turn, but I think we're getting there. And funny enough, I didn't catch this on the first watch, but this made no sense to Jesse. This isn't even seven grand. All right, my guy wants 85. This is all the money I have in the world. You're a drug dealer. Negotiate. <laughs> you, you are not how I remember you from class. I mean, like, not at all. I gotta go. Wait, wait, hold on. Tell me why you're doing this. Seriously. Why do you do it? Money? Mainly? There you go. Nah, come on. Man... Some straight like you, giant stick up his ass, all of a sudden at age, what, 60, he's just gonna break bad? I'm 50. It's weird, is all, okay? It, it doesn't compute. Listen, if you've gone crazy or something, I mean, if you've, if, you, if you've gone crazy or depressed, I'm, I'm just saying, that, that's something I need to know about, okay? I mean, that, that affects me. Ah, 
I am awake. <laughs> what? He just responds with, what? <laughs> like, and you know, that's super funny. It just flies over his head. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, from Jesse's perspective, he doesn't know anything that Walt is going through or has been through. Yeah, he doesn't so. know, like, he doesn't know anything. He just yeah. knows that he has to do this or the cop, or he, he's going to be turned into the cops. So that shit's just funny. Like, Walt is, like, Walt's having this profound moment, but Jesse is just... I don't know what Jesse's in it for other than not being turned in, right? Like, yeah. I don't know what, if he didn't threaten to turn Jesse in. I wonder if he would have still took the deal. I know. But, you know, mm -hmm. roads less taken. So moving on, we get to a scene with the Walt, the White family. Walt Jr. is trying to put on pants but needs help. So he asks for Walt to come in and help him. Uh, and then while evaluating the pants, a couple of bullies in the corner make fun of Junior's handicapped state. This angers Skyler and Walt, but Walt urges them to do nothing. The bullying continues and Walt walks out. Skyler begins to approach them, but Walt enters again and attacks the biggest bully and steps on his ankle. The bully gets up and Walt yells at him to take your shot, to which the bully backs off and they leave the store. Uh, what are your thoughts on this scene? We... Like, leading up to this scene, you would really think that Walt was going to leave and, like, not be confrontational. And, like, that's what we're expecting. And that's what Skyler and Walt Jr. were also expecting. Like, that fool was just leaving. But then when he comes in, looking like a fucking cowboy, walking in all stoic and heroic, and just... I think that would hurt, first of all. Yeah. What he does to him. Yeah, to uh, stepping like if you just put your ankle on like hard surfaces yeah it hurts right and he's probably putting his whole weight on him oh yeah so it's like fuck but yeah. I, I i just like the contrast between like the earlier part of this episode to like this midpoint where he really is like starting to feel a change coming I just I I think that's what that scene is trying to portray. It's just something's something's changing within him. This is a bit of the crack, right? Like it's not the full transformation, but it is a bit of the crack. Yeah, we can start seeing like Walt being Walt himself being uh, destroyed. A little darker, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I wanted to point out, and I, we talked about it before, but one of the things I wanted to point out was in the background of this is that it says "family first. The store's name is Family First, I think, or maybe it's yeah. a slogan. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that's also really cool because, you know, we don't... I didn't notice it on the first watch, and then it's like, it's literally... It, it works with the scene because it's literally Walt putting his family first. Exactly. It's um, just a small little detail that they didn't have to do, but yeah. it adds, really adds to it once you catch it. Uh, all right, and let's see. Where, where am I at on this? Oh, okay. Jesse, so now we go back to Jesse and Walt later on, uh, and they're out in the desert away from any cow houses, as per Jesse's definition. Uh, Walt gets ready to cook by undressing to his underwear, and Jesse makes some comments about it, but Walt points out that he can't go home smelling like a meth lab. Uh, Jesse then pulls out a, 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 you know, a camcorder from his pocket, 
because uh, I guess he just his clothes are just that big. You know, it's so ridiculous. He's so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and records wall briefly before they begin cooking. Did, what did you like about the scene? I just think it just shows uh, more of the relationship between them both. I don't know if it really adds anything. I mean, yeah. Aside from the cow houses, it really it just points out. I think how immature Jeffsy is. Yeah. And childish, I guess he is. Like, he. It just adds to that. It's a barn or it's a. (sighs) Between a teacher and a student. It it just adds to that. So, uh, after that, we then start the cooking montage, the first one of the series. It's a pretty good one. I like I like the rhythm of it. I forgot what the name of the song was, so I'm not gonna go too deep on that. But I know that it, all the songs in this are pretty well intentioned. Yeah. Um, and so after they do the the cooking montage, we learn that the the meth they cook is glass grade. Jesse is telling Walt like this is really this is perfect, basically. Yeah, perfect. And uh, Walt's not really too impressed you know like he's like yeah you know it's just basic like, chemistry. About it. he's you just know? like like obviously like this is just yeah. a standard of what you should be doing it's literally chemistry i think he says that yep so i'm like i think that was pretty funny yeah and then he tells jesse that uh because jesse wants to use it immediately but he tells jesse that they don't use it um they just sell it and uh so jesse packs up a tenth of it because he knows a guy who yeah. will pay good money for it. Um, Which is something that Jesse himself should know. Not mm-hmm. telling him. You you just don't get high in your supply. That's just like the number one rule. This is why I don't sell weed. Because then I'll be like, what's all of it? Like a nug or two. That's what I was just about to ask you. If you sold weed, do you think you would be able to Not hold yourself? Not at all. I'd rather just be the buyer. I couldn't be the exactly. So you, you wouldn't be able to make any money. Exactly. Yeah, no. <laughs> what can I say? You know, like, what can I say? I'd rather get yeah. high than I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that really just shows. <laughs> just shows that Jesse is more. He's a user first, yeah, than, than a dealer. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, who we find out who Jesse's distributor is, whose his dude's name is Crazy Eight, and he's in the middle of training his pit bull to, I guess, attack a dude in the nuts per situation. <laughs> Crazy Eight is not really impressed by Jesse as a person. He really doesn't give Jesse too much acknowledgement until Jesse shows him the meth that he has. And Crazy Eight tries it and says it's not it's, it's cool, but we all know he's feeling that shit. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about Jesse's partner, Emilio, who got locked up. And Jesse's being accused of ratting on Emilio, but Jesse puts on this uh, bravado, this fake tough guy facade yeah because Uh, he thinks that he's not there yeah he doesn't know emilio's in the house and then we we get some nice humor by hearing right after jesse talks shit about emilio we hear a toilet uh, flush in the background as emilio comes out and uh him and crazy eight interrogate jesse on where he got the the crystal because they don't believe that jesse cooked it on his own moving rolling on through that uh walt steps out Walt, we cut to Walt stepping out of the of the RV and his uh, underwear, you know, taking a stretch and the green apron and everything. And Crazy Eight rolls up 
and he meets Walt and is impressed by the batch and offers to and Walt offers to sell it to Crazy Eight and Crazy Eight's looking to to hire Walt to to make meth, but they make a deal and Emilio or and Crazy Eight's about to give him the money, but then Emilio immediately recognizes Walt from the ride along and says he's with the DEA. This tips off Crazy Eight to go fucking ape shit and Everybody scatters. Walt fails to run away. Jesse tries to run away. Every, like even Crazy Eight and uh, Julio just don't yeah. know what to do. <laughs> so just just, like, everybody's scrambling. Jesse unfortunately knocks himself out uh, on a rock. And uh, it's a typical Jesse, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's not the first time that I is going to take a beating. Um, there's many more to come. And so, uh, Emil, Crazy Eight's going to shoot Walt, but Walt bargains his life and says, I'll teach you my recipe uh, if you let both him and Jesse live. And so they go into the RV. I'm kind of rolling through these scenes, so feel free to stop me because uh-huh. it's all kind of going pretty quick. No, no, no. Okay. They tie Jesse up unconscious and take Walt into the RV. And Walt starts making the recipe, starts making meth, and Emilio's kind of being a douche by blowing smoke in the in the area, and Walt asks him to put it out, and Emilio blows smoke into Walt's face before tossing the cigarette out the window. Hella disrespectful. Um, yeah, just completely rude. And and Walt starts reaching for iodine, and then instead reaches for red phosphorus. And he, isn't there like a hesitation for him? Like I don't in know. That? This has been debated if this was a hesitation or not. Because think, the decision, what follows, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I, can't, I, I think maybe in this point of Walt, like who he is, I think in that moment he might have hesitated. But let's say like a season four, season five Walt, I don't think he, he was. But yeah. personally, maybe I think he it's more likely that he did hesitate than not for me, at least personally. I think I think he I think he made the choice. I think he made the choice to to kill them with the phosphorus gas. yeah. yeah. Because I think the phosphorus is red phosphorus was mentioned earlier in the episode um, at some point. I forgot where, but I think he made the choice to kill them with it. Well, at least to knock them out. I don't know if he expected to kill them. Yeah. So he uses the red phosphorus to cause an explosion. And this, and he scrambles out the door uh, and he locks Crazy Eight and Emilio inside and they shoot the door, barely missing Walt's head. Uh, and slowly they get knocked out by the gas once they're they're knocked out Walt runs over and checks on jesse he puts a gas mask on jesse gets jesse in the rv and then a desert fire breaks out from the cigarette he tries to put out the fire but there's no luck so he gets in the rv and drives down the road like a maniac and so now this brings us all the way back to the opening shot where we see him on the road Mm -hmm. pointing the gun uh and at this point Walt is feeling kind of like hopeless and he doesn't really know what to do. 
because he puts down the gun and or he tries to kill himself right yeah, like first, he tries to yeah. shoot himself but the gun like somehow just man like just jams because he like he like does something with the gun and then like tries to shoot it again and then the bullet comes out so yeah. it was like literal luck for him and it was it was basically the universe like saying like nah bro you can't go out that easy like it's, it's so lucky that could have been shit. I had to credit. Yeah. Man. So he frustrated after that, he he puts his hands out and pretty much is given up and is ready gonna be turned turning himself in. But then we see that the sirens are just fire trucks and he moves out the way and hides the gun behind his back as they pass. Jesse wakes up, comes out of the RV RV and takes off his mask. And when he asks what happened, Walt tells him that red phosphorus gas, you know, how that works, mm -hmm. uh, and then proceeds to vomit uh, and acts in the clean up their mess. We get we, a cut to later that night. Walt is putting his money in the dryer and cleaning it, drying it off. He goes yeah. to bed, uh, staring up at the ceiling. Skylar asks him where he's been, but Walt doesn't answer. Uh, she warns him about keeping secrets and to not shut her out. And Walt embraces her and proceeds to bust her back, feeling more alive than he's felt in a long time. And that's the show. Roll credits. Roll credits. Exactly. Yeah. That was, a, that was an episode right there. I feel like as far as pilots go... I feel like it's a really good pilot because it really does like connect to the rest of the sh the series, and I feel like a lot of pilots and shows since they shoot the pilot before being greenlit for uh, the rest of the series that it feels a little bit disconnected to the rest of the series. But with this one, I really like how it really calls back to it. I like. There's a lot of things I like about this show, or at least about this episode, just because it. Um, one of the things I learned is that they weren't sure if they were going to get this show greenlit so that's why this show feels like it is super fast paced or yeah. it has all these things because they just wanted to make sure they it got um picked up yeah and i think it works like it feels like it's written like a movie and yeah. i appreciate that because i feel like it, there's more attention to detail exactly and who doesn't like attention to detail exactly exactly and this is only the first episode so there's going to be way more to come with how Walt turns into this kingpin. Exactly. Uh, so for the... Oh, I'm going to just jump right in. Yeah, yeah just jump right in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for the analysis, see the Breaking Bad talking points, uh, here's where we get to talk about our our opinions, our thoughts on some, some scenes that we thought were interesting. I have a... Uh, I, I did make a list of some scenes that I thought were like my top five scenes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I guess we can talk about those. Mm -hmm. um, so first up for me, the confessional, the confessional segment was pretty cool. Like, and we can get into, I guess, thinking about how it like overlays for the entire show, just how he has to live two lives mm -hmm. and kind of play this different persona of criminal and then family man. And I like the shot just because in that moment, uh, when I was looking at this video where it breaks down the script analysis, you, in that moment, we are basically being told what the A and the B plot line of the story is going to be. 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the A story is will Walt become this criminal um, kingpin? And the B story is will he be able to provide for his family? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really cool that we get this immediate um, this we get that told in one in one go without like it being overdone. Yeah, and what, it's, it's not like confusing in, in any way where like. Like, it sounds like it would be confusing to, like, juggle that two things, but it just interchanges very beautifully, I feel like. Yeah. The, um, the next thing I really liked that I thought was pretty trippy was the, the chemistry room scene where we just see him playing with the fire. And, I mean, I talked about it earlier, I guess, where he was, like, I really liked how, you know, you, you're using Bunsen burners and shit, mm-hmm. but... I think I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, you know, the overarching theme of the show is growth, decay, and then uh, rebirth or whatever. Yeah. And this scene, you know, every scene going forward, right, with the chemistry, without like going too deep into what those episodes would be, they all kind of give like this kind of uh, what's like uh, observation or not observation, but like they tell us basically how the show is going where you see this guy dying at one part of his life and then being reborn into another and all these i just like i like the way they do chemical reactions like i'm no chemistry guy so i like seeing how they can incorporate chemistry into real life without it being the simple way of it being like oh chemistry these two people get along but it's much more uh technical than that and that's really cool yeah that, that, that really is that you put it like that like the chemistry between people versus like the actual chemistry being shown is something Let's see. I'm just going to be busting through these because there's so much to talk about. But mm-hmm. uh, I should I feel like I should have saved these for spoilers because now I can't talk about like how they affect the show. Huh? Yeah, exactly. You know, what? I'll save I'll save the rest of my thoughts. For on spoilers, those for yes. spoilers. So the I guess the, we can talk about the technical aspects of the of the pilot as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any are there any shots or anything like that that you thought were pretty wild? Um, at least for right now, that first this first episode, I don't think there's quite a few apart from the ones that we already talked about, which is like the first shot, the shot of him looking at uh, looking at his past rewards, or the shot of him like by the pool with the light. Um, I, I guess like we're like introduced to like the style of the show and like the cinematography of it, and like how it how they choose to do the color grading of it. Like, I feel like it's very, um, at least in this first uh, episode, I feel like later on in a couple seasons, like, we do, like, the famous, like, Mexican, like, orange tint throughout the show. But at least for, like, right now, I feel like it's very, it fits the mood. It's very mundane and very cold, I feel like. And I just really appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I like. I like the style in which they go about making some of these scenes. No, like it's not like regular TV. It's really um, like they really were intentional with trying to make sure this thing was uh, like was artsy, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's just just like they have good filmmaking techniques within a TV show. Like they could have like there's just like a lot of like film rules in the show, like whether it's like blocking or anything like that like these people know how to like film they're, they're filmmakers you could just see it yeah and it just makes it different from a lot of different shows out there 
it really feels like they're they're trying you know i wrote some notes here i totally forgot i have these here i don't this is why i don't take notes because i don't really use them yeah they're just kind of there but upon watching the the script analysis video of the pilot they were pointing out the guy was pointing out some really cool stuff whereas in the the second shot or the second scene where we see walt waking up Mm -hmm. um we get a lot of information about him just Mm -hmm. from like visual storytelling Mm -hmm. uh and we talked about some of these things but not in the more of a of a um technical sense but mm-hmm. one of the things he says is how Walt has how most main characters they should have some type of superpower uh, and in the beginning we see Walt uh, misuse his superpower mm-hmm. and for Walt you know his superpower is being super smart or intelligent you know and looking at things in such a such a way that most people don't mm-hmm. and we see how that power is misused because he's a high school teacher instead of being like some big scientist guy yeah. You know, and it leaves us wondering, like, what happened to him? Mm-hmm. Um, how does someone this smart end up in this life? Uh, and so we get that portrayed with the plaque. Um, and we also, one of the cool things he pointed out was, like, how this, this episode or Breaking Bad kind of shows the middle class mm-hmm. in a way that Hollywood doesn't. It's true. Like, you don't, you know, like, you usually get all these... Well, when I used to watch TV, the way I looked at it was like, you know, you see these really nice houses and these people yeah. with these really cushy jobs. And it's definitely like money up, isn't, yeah. It's ahead. definitely upper middle class, I was going to say. Yeah. Like, it, it's definitely like out of touch with, for how, at least I grew up, and I'm, I'm sure you too as well, how we grew up and mm-hmm. in Hollywood, and it's out of touch. So to see that, like, they're actually like struggling in a budget is very relatable. And it just makes that show more grounded. And it's just, this makes me think about like, you know, what makes Walt such an interesting character. And the fact is, it's just that he's a regular, he is like an everyday guy. Like maybe not all of us are Walt technically, but we can all be in his shoes or relate to his shoes. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, from the money or just the feeling like your life is not where it should be you know like mm-hmm. he's a he's a human i think is what yeah what makes him so likable mm-hmm. right now that's what i was just about to say at least for right now what? and then there's even a a nod where you know the hand job scene is fun mm-hmm. but it does set in motion like or kind of cements the fact and this is the 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 end of there's when with tv shows are supposed to be i guess there can be like four acts and mm-hmm. i figured this the dude was explaining it so this is the end of act one, basically. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, you know, you get this hand job and it's funny, but it's really kind of just to further let us know that life is disappointing mm-hmm. um, as given by his hand job. And it's like, this is what life is. It just kind of yeah, and you know, I, jerks you off a little bit. <laughs> and I think that shit's hella funny. And I feel like that's not like the first time that this has happened. Like, I'm pretty sure this is just how their sex life is for like these past few years, especially, especially at the end of the episode, whenever she like, they're doing it. And then she's like, who are you? Like, who is this? Cause it's like something has awoken in him. So from the, it's the contrast between this, this hand job scene to the end. That's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so now let's, jump right let's jump into spoilers but i guess before we do we can do we can do the outro um so once again this is uh the mid boys podcast i don't know if i said the mid if i said boys at the beginning but there's been i'm pretty sure you did 
Okay, this is the Mid Boys Podcast, and if you like what you're hearing and you are enjoy listening and, and thinking about Breaking Bad, then, you know, don't be afraid. Hit the subscribe button. Do, do all the things that we need you to do. Tell a friend. Leave a like. And look out for more content because we will be doing more episodes uh, and even getting into covering, you know, movies and, and other forms of media over time. Yes. Um, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube for now because I don't know where else I will put this. Um, I'm excited for episode two, though. I know. What is that one called again? The, the, cats, the cats out of the bag. Cats out of the bag, or cats I, in the bag. Or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next episode is the bag in the river, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. It gets, us, it gets us some shit. Yeah. So now we're going to turn it on over to the spoiler part of the podcast. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, please consider this. See you later until the next episode. But otherwise, stick around, uh, and we'll be getting into some good shit. Yes. Oh, well, I will cue the music right now. So until then, I'm Father B. I'm Oscar. talk about is Walt's transformation Mm -hmm. and I think in this episode we see a lot of instances of him no longer being regular old Walter White Mm -hmm. but one of the things I thought was interesting during while listening to the script analysis was that it's in the uh the family first scene where Mm -hmm. we see Walt kind of definitively stating or at least showing that he's no longer uh the same person and so I think I'm not I'm not saying this is the spot where we ultimately see Heisenberg, mm-hmm. but if there is a point where we see him start to like accept or not accept, but like take those steps, mm-hmm. this store scene is pretty much that 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 moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I was going to say that there's definitely at least like a little little details and little like ideas of Heisenberg going on in Walt's mind, but we're like nowhere near the switch of Heisenberg and Walt. I think that's like, I I don't know. I wouldn't even know season three or four, maybe the full switch. I would say it has to be the Jane scene, you know, it really has to be. I don't know because he still showed some humanity. I noticed. Okay. We were, me and my girl, were, we, we were watching season two and we got to that point. Mm-hmm. And I didn't notice it the first time, but I saw him shed a tear. Yeah, no. Holy shit. He, he shows humanity in that scene. So I don't know if that's the scene that he would. Like a more, I think, appropriate scene would be like that, that scene when he runs over those two guys when, uh, with Jesse and he just like shoots him like cold blooded and doesn't say shit. And then he says like, run right after that i feel like with that whenever a character doesn't show any humanity i feel like that's when they're gone i think we'll both have a different 
um, interpretation of when the actual switch is. But like you were saying, definitely in this episode that we are starting to see little details of, or at least little parts of Walt being destroyed and something else coming out. That has probably been in there for a very long time. The thing I think is really cool too, and I, since now that I'm, I'm technically having to rewatch the show a couple times. Yeah, uh, I was re- I was watching season three, and I noticed this happening. And I was like, at first, I thought the little shot with the torch with the uh, matches, I thought it was just in this one episode. Yeah. It's, it's once every season that we see that type of shot. Mm. And I think that's so I, I was thinking about that. And I was like, that's kind of cool how you kind of if you, someone were to edit those together, it's like you really do see this growth and decay. And then it's always really cool because I think in season three when he's doing it, it's the money burning scene where he wants to burn. Yeah. His mm-hmm. And then prior to that, it's uh, I forgot why he's sitting there uh, contemplating, but it's always at those those big moments where he's debating on. In my mind, it's him debating to like continue down this path or or stop and yeah. i think we see so many jekyll and hyde moments with walt like that's mm-hmm. why i think the jane scene is that moment it's because i i mean maybe i could be going deep into it but it's like when you see the teardrop it's like you're seeing for real for real the last mm-hmm. bits of walter white being mm-hmm. shed and it's like he's losing that battle and then what you call it the it's the the towel dispenser and at that point you know even more so we see he's no longer walter white can no longer win this fight what is going on with my mic hopefully my mic is going to be fine no i can hear you okay but that's what i no it sounds weird it hold on okay i think it's I don't know if it, I don't know if it, I hope it, it, it's going to be fine. It has to be okay. Looking back at rewatching the show, there's so many Jekyll and Hyde moments where it's like you just, I imagine mentally Walt as a prisoner in his own mind uh, and watching this, this Heisenberg kind of, um, kind of like slowly take over him. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's like watching or giving into the devil and then realizing the minute you give in just a little bit, it's already too late. Mm. And I think you see him have so many regrets as it progresses. But it's all in the face. Yeah. Uh, Brian Cranston's there. I was, I was just about to say, we need to give credit to the actual actors. Like Brian Cranston himself. He really transforms into Walt. Like I said, I know you haven't watched Malcolm in the Middle, but the contrast between Hal and Walt is literal night and day. So it's just crazy how good, how good of an actor's performance can really further that, like, um, just further the, further the, the characterization of that character. And it's just, it's just great. Only, only, I feel like only Brian Cranston is Walter White. I don't know if I can imagine a lot of other people as Walter White. Honestly, true. I think that's one of my biggest things about about movies or films it's like sometimes there's movies that are so good it's like i wonder what that movie would have been like with a different actor but it's like Mm -hmm. i really don't think this would have been as entertaining if it was if it was in another actor whoever it would have been exactly like legitimately like 
I try to think of an actor to try to play Walt, and I think that's just, that list is very short. I think of Bruce Willis for some reason. <laughs> you know, like, but I feel like it'd be a totally different character. Like he'd have to like play the that'd everyday be, guy a little differently. Yeah, that'd be so different. But uh, I mean, you know, as far as the killing people stuff, I'm sure he could do it though. Oh yeah, I feel like the Heisenberg part he can do 100 percent great, but I don't know if he would be able to do the Walter part. Yeah. As well as Brian Cranston. Uh, what about the the relationship of Walt and Jesse? Because I thought I I never considered the this proposal, or even on the rewatch, I didn't notice how he threatened. I didn't realize he threatened Jesse to be his mm-hmm. mother. Basically, yeah. I always thought it was like they had a mutual agreement, but yeah, the no. fact that that's how their relationship starts is really. It really, uh, yeah, it just shows like how the relationship is going to function throughout the rest of the show because it really is an abusive relationship if we like really like analyze it. At surface value, it's like very, it's like fun. Like, oh, it's just like this teacher with a student and it's very funny. But like when you look into it and look at how Walt manipulates Jesse into doing things that he does not want to do, it's very, uh, it's, it's kind of scary, honestly. I wonder... I wonder if there's a connection between the way he views his relationship to Jesse to the relationship he views with what he had at Grey Matter. Mm. You know, because yeah. thinking about it, it's like we know the relationship with him and Gretchen and Elliot is that they were all in business together. Their relationship fell off and Walt holds some type of resentment against them mm-hmm. for using his methods. And we know that he does pretty much the same thing with Jesse like I just watched the episode where uh where Jesse makes the product for Gus. Yeah. He makes the product and wants to do the deal. Um mm-hmm. and Walt sees it right after getting fired and and basically shits on it for no reason. Yeah. I wouldn't like I'm starting to believe now more and more like that's just the, that's really who Walt is is he wants to be in control and he wants to be given credit for everything. Mm-hmm. Like he he's the fake team partner. I I don't know if I've had that type of person in a group project, but mm-hmm. it's like they can do the work, but it's like they want someone else around just to see that they their work is good. Mm-hmm. They don't want that other person to take any type of credit for it or something. It's a really weird cycle that he's in. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what what how or why you come up with a character like that, but. It, it makes for good TV, shit. Because, um, because a complex character is very, it's much more entertaining than a mundane character. So I appreciate complexity. Yeah. yeah. Damn, I mean, I, I suppose it's good. I'm just like, that's, that's just a, that's an, that's an asshole for you, you know? Like, Walt is kind of, I don't know if he doesn't deserve it, but, you know. At least to Jesse, I think he's 100% an abuser. Yeah. Can I, but we will, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that we will, we will see, like, more of that shit in later episodes. How that relationship is going to flourish. I don't know if I have anything else for spoilers. I feel like um, I talked about everything I wanted to cover. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Cool. Well, this concludes the spoiler section of the of the uh 
of the pilot and mm. I feel pretty good about it. Um, yeah. I think we got, we covered our bases as well as we could for a pilot or at least just, you know, a pilot of a show and a, and a podcast. So, you know, yeah, but outside of that, we will be back next week again we, or whenever, whenever the shit comes out, we will be back again with another episode talking about episode two and yeah, uh, that's all I got. So thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right. we'll see you. We'll see you.